Okay, folks, good morning to the Fife Property Show on a beautiful Saturday morning. Uh, this is all about you and your estate agent. Five ways to work together as a top-notch team. I mean, you know, Perry, we know that power couples, dynamic duos, dream teams, every goal is easier to reach if you've got someone on your side. You know, but and here we are. And here's, the, here's the expression behind every now it's it's a bit gender thing but behind every successful man there's a woman and mm -hmm. equally behind every successful woman there's a man and that probably applies to both of us doesn't it i would say so i think we've both got very good support functions as well and that makes a big difference doesn't it yeah but selling did you realize that selling your home is no different by by working closely with your estate agent you're far more likely and you're letting agent as well i suppose you're far more likely to sell faster uh, secure the right buyer and have a smoother sale in the process. Mm -hmm. There's a lots of ways you can do this. You can join forces to become to have the best outcome possible. Now, mm -hmm. including and this is the things that we're going to talk about in detail today. So, if you're selling, if you're buying, if you're whatever you're doing, tune in because anything can happen in the next thirty to forty-five minutes. <laughs> And Perry, you know that happens, don't you? Oh yes, I've previously displayed. <laughs> yes, I'm. Uh, I'm well. I'm pretty outspoken, I suppose. But there's then, no point otherwise. Yeah, if if you if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. That's really what it comes down to. And this is why we do all these online broadcasts to educate people out there exactly what you should be doing, how you should be doing it. I mean, you might not have us as your estate agent, and there is people from Glasgow and Edinburgh and London and all the rest of it watching these shows. Um, but this is completely applicable to everybody in the country, if not the world, because mm -hmm. this is all about working with your estate agent in order to get the best price and the best value for what you're actually doing. So the ones we're going to talk about is the discussions on prices and presentation. Uh, getting a head start on the legal work is imperative. Uh, how and when to communicate with each other. This is quite important because there's expectations here. There's like people think, my stage just speak to me every day. Where others are like, why are you speaking to me every day? That yeah. you know, that's it. So you have to have a happy equilibrium. And we're going to talk about that as well. So also making your home available for viewings and dealing with the feedback from your viewers. Sometimes, some estate agents out there, we know this, don't really, don't really smooth out the feedback. <laughs> and it can, it can cause a bit of aggression, can't it? And an abrasion between, between the buyer and the seller because, the in, because of the impressions it was given. Um, when they were round, oh yeah, definitely, I love your house. And then the next minute, they get the feedback from the actual from the buyer, um, from their stage and to the seller, and the feedback is like, oh, your house was absolutely horrible. <laughs> like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened there? It's like they loved the house, and now they're yeah. telling me, they're now they're telling you they didn't. That's why it's important to understand mm. that, and that's why it's important for your stage and to have a wee bit of savvy and actually smooth out that process in a more diplomatic way, rather than just blurting it out and saying what they want. I agree with that, but I think it's important as well, though, Jim, um, at that first footing with your agent, whoever you've chosen, is that you all understand the rules that you're working to and how you're going to communicate, because I think that's a really big thing. We have some clients who say, look, 
I don't want a lot of information. Just give me it as and when it comes. And then we have other ones that say, don't sugarcoat it. Just tell me. It, there's various ways out there, but you have yeah. to have that clear to begin with, don't you? And we'll talk about exactly how you do that when we come to that subject. And even though, even, and even though you and your estate agent play different parts in this moving story, because that's what it is, you both want to end, end up the same result. Uh, so this week's show is all about working together as a top-notch team. That's quite interesting. It's like, you know, um, you, you, interestingly, um, it's the moving story. And I do talk about the moving story because the state agency is not about... It, everybody thinks this is about selling a house. It's not selling a house. We do not sell houses. I sit down with people and they tell me what their plans are and it just so happens it incorporates selling their house. I sell their house, but I take them from A to B in the most mm -hmm. efficient and the most profitable manner possible. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that might mean, that might mean itself. That might not just be about the money. This might be the circumstances mm -hmm. and what surrounds us. So mm -hmm. this is why we have as a strap line, helping you manage life as it happens. Because this is the one most fundamental things that somebody will do in their life as a part of starting a new job. <clears throat> having children, getting married, moving a home. These are all the things, getting divorced. These are all the things mm -hmm. that actually are the most stressful things in your life and the key life events. And as a state agents, we are actually involved in that process. And we have to realize there is some sort of responsibility for what we are doing. And it really isn't just about selling a house, is it, Perry? No, it's much, much more than that. And I know you're referring it to the moving story, Jim, but we often talk about, and I know when I go out, when I first meet a client, almost the first discussion that we have is, talk to me about the journey that you're on. What's your journey and where are you going? Because that's yeah. what it's about, isn't it? And the end result, as you say, the byproduct of that is the, the property is sold, but that's not really what the journey is. Yeah. Do you want to cover the first the first topic, uh, which is, yeah. a, and, and, you know, the discussions on price and presentation and inviting uh, frank advice not frank for advice but frank advice. <laughs> unless your agent's called frank of course <laughs> unless somebody's called frank <laughs> um i think the last thing you want from your estate agent is them beating about the bush we have that quite often don't we you want to have frank discussion with them because you're trusting them with one of your biggest assets as well jim and i think that's the key thing here um you'll get the most from your relationship if you have an open conversation um and the topics that we tend to talk about at that outset is Obviously, the initial valuation, it's really important that we get that right. So does your agent provide evidence of similar nearby homes that have recently sold, really so that they are almost justifying their advice to you and their understanding? That is really key. I was out recently to a client. They, I just did the pre-portal on the property a few days ago. And interestingly, when I was out to the client, because we really do prepare quite a lot of information, Jim, ahead yeah. of that visit, not just ourselves as well, but we also we, we summarise what we believe to be the case. We look at what's selling in the area that is similar type of properties, similar type of style inside, different levels of maybe renovations. But then we also can, and then we come up with what we think is the number. We then speak to our surveyor and say, look, this is where I'm going. This is what it looks like. This is what I'm thinking. Am I about right? Yeah. So we do all that before we go. And interestingly, this couple that I went to, I did all of that. They had other agents coming out after me. They phoned me a few days later and basically the feedback was your enthusiasm for the house, but also the information that you shared with me led me to believe what you were telling me. Yeah. And interestingly, this other agent, who will remain unnamed, didn't come with anything at all. Basically what the agent did was say, 
I've got my phone with me. Let me just see what's selling in the street. Yeah. And their attitude was, well, hang on a minute. I've already done that myself. I've looked on my phone. I can see what's selling on right move. I don't, don't need you to come interesting, out and tell me that. It would be interesting for the people out there to actually understand what their experience of an estate agent is when they come round to value their house. I'd be interested mm -hmm. to hear in the comments if anybody wants to comment on that, mm -hmm. um, how their experience is. Um, mm -hmm. I often think now, and, and, and I do get this story related to me, uh, that when they come down to do the valuation of the property, it's almost like they just pluck a magical figure out there and say, mm -hmm. I think it might be worth about that much because next door sold for that. But there's no, there's no other comparables. There's no other, there's no other background work done in this. There's no other reasons to say that, yeah, okay, this could be worth this amount. However, I think it could, the market, the true market value might be this amount because mm -hmm. of this, that, and that, and that. And yes. what I mean by that is no one buys a house for what it is, they buy it for what it can give them, the mm -hmm. lifestyle it gives them, and how it can accommodate them, not for the fact that it's bricks and mortar and it's four rooms. I agree. It's what They buy it for what it can give them, not what it is. And this is, the, this is the key. This is why marketing is so important because, you know, advertising is just, yeah, hey, I put it on right move. But marketing is all about getting people and tugging the emotional strings mm -hmm. and, you know, getting them to respond and actually getting them to the next steps and then uh, convincing the person at the other end that you've never met that this is the house for them and they better be quick or it'll be gone because someone mm -hmm. else will buy it. Mm -hmm. That's what marketing, clever marketing is all about. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So, I mean, I think that's really important to understand that actually, where is the information coming from and can they evidence that to you? So certainly yeah. challenge your agent to do that. You're asking prices the next big thing as well. Does it use the power of um, all of the portals, so right move, suplex, et cetera, to give you the best exposure um, and generate the most interest from the right buyers? You know, are you getting that right reach now? Because what we're seeing as well, Jim, is that people who have maybe holidayed in five, two or three times a year, because of the hybrid working style of life now, yep. many people now are actually selling up and out of areas and moving into Fife as a full-time place to live. Yeah, dare I say, when you talk about the portals and stuff like that, if you're just looking on right moving Zoopla to, to look for your next home, you've probably got you've probably got the, the leftovers <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> effectively, because everybody else is on social media following mm -hmm. their estate agent pages mm -hmm. and actually making sure that because it, it, it hits the social media pages before it hits anywhere else. Uh, they're even following things like their YouTube channels as well because it's going on the YouTube. For example, we put all ours on the YouTube channel to feed into our website. So it has to go on the YouTube channel first in order to feed to the website for the videos that we do. Um, mm -hmm. So you get a heads up straight away where the pr full property address is and what the property is going up for sale before it actually even goes on a website. So if you're savvy enough and you've worked out the estate agent system, you can often head a property off at the pass before mm -hmm. it actually even gets the right moving Zoopla and Prime location in that. So, and we've had that a few times this week. And in effect, yeah, exactly. And effectively, I, I dare I say it, it's like the old banquet table where the kings and queens used to, you know, used to um, uh, used to eat. And then the next minute, they just take the, the leftovers and throw it down to the dogs. And literally, that's what's happening. You know, mm -hmm. people are actually waiting for, I'm going to wait for my stage and to phone me. No, don't wait for your stage and to phone you either. Most estate agents are over the head with mm -hmm. volume because they mm -hmm. operate in a volume market. So they rely completely on listing one after the other every single time to get money. That's it. They don't have resources to actually keep phoning everybody and keep following everybody up. So unless you're actually on their case every single time, they'll never they'll never they'll never remember you. 
they'll just mm -hmm. forget you completely. Yeah, I would agree with that. So I think that that's really important about how your agent actually advertises your property and the reach that they have. And again, as well as asking them to demonstrate how they've achieved the value of your house, ask them to demonstrate how they're going to advertise it because that's a big player as well, as we've said. Um, I think in preparing your property is a big thing as well. So odd jobs that you need to be doing, um, minor repairs, presentation tips for photography, etc., um, will really help with your viewings as well. And that's really important to try and stage your home. So, you know, take that little bit of an afternoon and just do a bit of decluttering and tidying. Um, and we do have a lot of information actually on our YouTube channels and our on our podcast as well about that. So feel free to kind of go on and look at our articles there. One of the um, questions I get asked the most, Perry, mm -hmm. should I paint the room? Yeah. And my answer to that is, and I could tell you categorically for everybody out there, the answer to that is twofold. If you paint the room, is it going to highlight anything else? In other words, if you paint a wall, is it going to highlight the skirting is needing painted as well or the ceiling needs painted after it because it looks so new and fresh? Mm -hmm. um, if you paint the wall in the hallway, is it going to highlight, you know, the hallway is probably one of the worst places to, to do that if you've, if you've no painted and decorated for a while. Because if you paint the hallway, then you've got to go all the way up the stairs. And then if you've got a painted banister or balustrade, and then if you've got painted skittons and facings and all the rest of it, it highlights all them that haven't been painted either. So you have to do them. But because you go in to do them from the hallway, when you open the door to the next room, you can see the difference between what's been painted and what's not been painted. So it highlights the next room's not been painted. So therefore, it's an ever-increasing cost. So before you start to think, oh, maybe we should just freshen up that wall, think about the implications about what it highlights to everything else next because yeah. you could end up painting the wall and then highlighting the fact that the rest of your house should have been painted in the first place. So mm -hmm. sometimes I say to a lot of clients, actually, just leave it as it is. I'm the same. The next person will come in and do it. As long as it just looks tidy, that's mm -hmm. Mars. Mm -hmm. No, I would agree with that. I think that's really good advice. And I've actually given that advice out a couple of times this week. Um, and photographs, you said it there, Perry. You're taking photographs for viewings. It's like you take a photograph and there's one wall that's nice and bright. Or or even this one about, I'll just touch up the wee bits. Mm -hmm. you know, Or I'll take down all my pictures because I don't want anybody to see them. Oh, my God, you've got big black marks where the pictures were before. <laughs> and all you the that now. For goodness mm -hmm. sake, leave it where it is. If you don't want a picture to appear in a photograph, it's easy for a clever photographer just to get rid of that, that, yeah. that actual thing. And plus the fact that it's, good, it's easy for a videographer Actually, at the time, you could you could just you could to, to mask that one out as well. Mm -hmm. So there's not that you know there's nothing that we can't solve. It's just that most sellers out there don't know what they don't know. Yeah, and that's why they get a professional estate agent to actually tell them what they should mm -hmm. know in order to get the job done to get the right mm -hmm. result at the end, whether it be the right price, the right moving date, the right entry date, the right the right deal in terms mm -hmm. of furniture getting left. Uh, maybe the title that's been on offer and, you know, letters of comfort rather than actually full permission for things that have been done in the past. All these different things make up <coughs> a combination to get the right result that you're actually after. Mm -hmm. Anyway, let's move on. We can talk about that subject for ages. Oh, I know. It's a whole different show, isn't it? Um, but I think the important thing is here is not to leave any stone unturned in making your home look at its best. Um, and your agent needs to be able to give you guidance and advice around that. Yeah. Um, and as Jim said earlier, it's easily sometimes just a case of decluttering and doing no more. Um, I think as well, the, the real key, because this is ultimately what every seller wants, is how your agent negotiates your offers. 
that is prime in how they do that. Um, from one or more buyers, if you've got one or more buyers out there, if you're fortunate enough to be in that situ situation, you know, how your agent handles the bumps in the road as well is important in regards to your offers and getting that across the line. Yeah. I was I was I was having a fleet of thought there about the fact that maybe we should tell them how we get how we get an increase in the end result every single time. No, <laughs> no, buyer. no, thought, no maybe no. No, we'll not do that. <laughs> That's very unique, isn't it, what we are doing? Um so maybe we shouldn't tell them that. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> how you almost guarantee you almost guarantee a higher price point at the end. Um, out of your buyer just by the negotiation process and what you should be saying and shouldn't be saying. But we do have we do have another show on that on negotiation tactics, mm -hmm. um, which we did quite a while back. So you know that's mm -hmm. another one that to actually bear bear in mind. Um, what else? I think for me the key thing here as well is to remember that you and your estate agent, as we said right at the opening part, um, you're on the same team, so you need to work together. You need to understand where you're at. We also have situations as well where sometimes actually um, our sellers all want to do the viewings. So it's again about communicating with them if they are doing that, what should be discussed, what shouldn't be discussed, what should be mm -hmm. referred to your agent and work as that team so that you don't get bigger bumps in the road actually that we can't overcome. I think that's yeah. really important. Um, at the end of the day, the seller and us want the same thing, which Absolutely. is the best outcome for them. And you know yeah. that's what we're working for them at the end of the day to get them the mm -hmm. best outcome. So you want a speedy sale at the highest price to make your move a successful one. That's what we want, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot of people out there though in that position where they, 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 they're nervous about having a speedy sale. And the reason that they're nervous about having a speedy sale is because they're, they're fearful that they might be homeless. I mean, that, that's that a big one, isn't up. it? That often comes up. Mm -hmm. And it's about them taking that leap of faith. Um, I have that situation at the moment where someone has just had a speedy sale. But what we have done with the buyer is ensure that that buyer appreciates the timeline that our client is working to. And they're happy yeah. to do it because it's their dream home. So, again, it's about how you're communicating with your agent and how you your agent is then communicating with your buyer so that everyone mm -hmm. understands that. Because if you're not transparent about that at the beginning, all that's going to do is cause a real big bump in the road. Yeah, there's no point there's no point is there it's like you know i'm looking for an entry date probably a flexible entry date it's going to be open-ended maybe about six to nine months and and then you've got somebody a buyer on the phone sitting saying you know i'm looking to buy it and then they walk through the door and say well i'm really looking to buy it and i'm, I'm looking to find somewhere quick within the next six weeks and it's like well why why on earth did the agent send them around in the first place yeah ah i know why because there was no buyers going through the door there was no viewers, so they felt afraid. That's what usually happens. They feel afraid and they didn't want... I, I knew, now, this is just off the top of my head. I know this. <laughs> I remember in the credit crunch, there was an estate agent actually paying their family members to go around and view properties. <laughs> they got caught. <laughs> because they didn't have any viewers during the credit crunch. So they're actually paying, they're paying their family members to go and view properties or, you know, just to... Just to pretend there was some activity <laughs> but the thing is there's just no point in doing that you have to have some difficult conversations sometimes if a property maybe isn't going on the journey you expect it to and sometimes yeah, properties do surprise us yeah but there's also no point i call them tire kickers there's no point in putting people through the door for the sake of foot traffic if it doesn't result in something positive for the seller it's i think it's managing expectations isn't it really mm -hmm. you know dave actually says it quite well he says building the 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 tube rating, which is trust, understanding, and belief 
between professional and client is a key uh, ratio to a successful relationship. Um, you know, I can't, I can't disagree with that at all. Um, mm -hmm. What about things like the solicitor? You know, when, when, when do we start the legal work? Is it now or is it, you know, later? When, you know, when, when at that point does that happen? Absolutely. The minute you decide you're selling, you should start that. Sometimes actually before you've even spoken to your agent, tell your yeah. legal team that you're going to be selling your property. The biggest source of delays when someone is moving is the confusing process. Yeah. If anything's now, going to go wrong in regards to timelines, that's where it'll happen. Now, let's be honest, this is not a castigation of saucers because no, no. they don't know. It's the fact that the seller doesn't tell the solicitor in enough time Mm -hmm. And then the usually typically what happens to a solicitor for conveyancing is the the seller then phones up and says, "Oh, I've sold my house now. I've got an offer on it. Um, can you actually can you start all the paperwork?" And then you know, I, in two thousand six when I first started in the staging business, um, I immediately identified this as a, as an issue. Mm -hmm. And every single solicitor said to me is, "If you notify me as soon as they put their house in the market, we can get all the paperwork together, so we don't have these huge." Um, bottlenecks um, when everybody piles in at once mm -hmm. and sells their house. Mm -hmm. This is what happened in the pandemic. You know, mm -hmm. this is why everybody piled in at once. This is like, have you ever watched Tom and Jerry where the two mm -hmm. mics run for the door at the same time? <laughs> and they get stuck. And they, basically get, they basically get stuck in the door at the same time. That's effectively what happens in the conveyancing process. Yeah, the solicitor is the door that allows everything to get through. Um, however, there's only so much finite resources they've got and everybody just runs as sellers at the same time and says, I've sold my house now, especially mm -hmm. in peak times like this and, and spring mm -hmm. and summer. Um, I've sold my house now. Everybody runs at once and then boom, we've got everything's on the floor. Uh, literally for solicitors, <laughs> everything <laughs> is on the floor <laughs> and the desk <laughs> piled high. And, it's like, and, and what it comes down to with a solicitor, it's like the wheel that squeaks the loudest gets the most oil. And, and you're mm -hmm. literally, the only way you'll get, and this is, Again, I know this because I've sat in solicitors' offices loads of times, and literally, it's just they just take a file from the bottom pile because you've phoned them and put it to the top pile and say, "I've got to look at that one next." Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's where your agent can help you. You know, there's lots of ways that we're going to give you some advice on this, but one of the things for sure is your agent helping you. And one of the questions that we ask when we first go out to someone, even to do evaluation, yeah. who's then decided they're going to come on board with us, is who is going to represent you in your conveyancing process. Sometimes they won't have somebody because, like you say, Jim, that's not what they're thinking. They're thinking, I want to sell my house. They're not thinking, who's most my conveyancing people, person? Most people don't know what conveyancing is either. So the conveyancing mm -hmm. process, just to explain to everybody out there, it's just the legal part of once you've sold your house. So once you've sold your house, it goes over to a solicitor, which is a conveyancer. That's what they call it, the conveyancing process. And mm -hmm. all they're doing is they're then looking at the particulars on behalf of the buyer the particulars, the seller's particulars, and saying, is this is what you're actually buying? Mm -hmm. And then they look at the title, which is the land that comes with it, and where the house is, and what the house is, and what the communal um, uh, obligations are. For example, um, for flats and apartments, it's gable end walls, it's surrounding walls and the gardens, and maybe communal gardens and how they're laid out. And then they're going to their buyer and their seller and saying, is this what you're expecting? Is this what mm -hmm. you're expecting you're buying? Is this being accurately described? And then mm -hmm. they're rubber stamping on that to make sure you're protected. So convincing is really, really essential. I remember years ago, there was an advert on the telly, you know, for solicitors where, you know, the guy was basically going, yay, I've, I've sold my house. And then the buyer grabs the for sale board and then runs in the front door. And it's almost like it was almost portraying the fact that 
Um, no, you, you actually don't own that part of the ground now because you've not got the conveyancing done right and the next door neighbour or no one owns that, that land now that you're sitting on in your house because it's not been done properly. It's not been registered properly with the land register either. So that's how important the legal conveyancing process is in this, in this whole um, systematic process. Absolutely. So, I mean, the key things you have to do to make it go faster and smoother are instruct a solicitor as soon as you make that decision to move, even before going on the market, you need to have done this really so that they can start that legal process and get the ball rolling. Yeah. Really, really important. Um, completing all of your forms as well that they send you about your legal details of your house. Again, very important that you do that. You know, don't let that sit in your inbox and think, oh, I've got plenty of time because we're not on the market yet. Mm -hmm. Any delays at that beginning point will definitely give you delays at the end. So really important that you do that. Um, and again, it goes back to what you said, Jim, it's about the information, including the boundaries, the improvements that they've made, you know, had to get permission if it was needed, etc. Um, and any warranties as well that come with work that's been done. So if people's maybe had damp proofing, etc. Again, if you've got the warranties, you want to show that. If you've had new boilers, new windows, again, do you have the warranties? Show that. So it gives your buyer confidence that the house is in good condition and being taken care of and all the boxes are getting ticked really important mm -hmm. to do that mm -hmm. um respond to any inquiries from your buyer that your buyer raises as well so again if the buyer is asking questions about the house it's important that they get quick answers any delays in that process causes unrest with your buyer but also then makes your buyer start to wonder about maybe other questions that they weren't planning on asking that they then do want to ask so again that's important yeah. um, and that just keeps things moving smoothly if you're on top of that and again your agent can help you with that um it's not an exciting job. It's probably one of the parts of it that is yeah. <laughs> seen right. as tedious. You know, the legal work. Cool. I don't know. You must have you must have a different mindset for being a solicitor. I mean, you know, I've got to say though, as a as a, a former accountant, and you know, I excelled in auditing as well and internal control. Um, I suppose uh, crossing the T's and dotting the I's are, 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 are what solicitors love doing. You know, it's it's sort of their mindset. It's how they're trained. Yeah. Uh, and but then that, that protects that protects the buyer and the seller, doesn't it? Absolutely, but it's a necessity in life. Whatever you're doing, Jim, not just in yeah. legal work, you've got to cross T's and dot I's in life, full stop. <laughs> you just have to. Um, so people, really important, again, that you do that. Go, most people are out there will go, really? Because <laughs> <laughs> most people out there don't cross T's and dot I's in their life. Oh, no, I do. They just, they just throw <laughs> caution to the wind and let it happen. Yeah, sometimes it's good to do that, but you, yeah, you can't no, live life not. like that all the no, time. I'm... No, I disagree with that completely. It's not good to do that at all. Well, <laughs> a sometimes you need to take a lot of risk. Consistent, disciplined, <laughs> proactive life is the way forward. <laughs> Why does everybody not think like me? Well, <laughs> that, that would be Square a, that, that would be a challenging world. <laughs> But it really, really does help, though, to get back on track here, to maintain your sales momentum. And that's what this is about. It's the sales momentum and not slowing that down. So yeah. if the paperwork is ready on time, then you find your buyer quickly, then you're going to be good to go on time and meet everybody's deadlines, which is great. Yeah. Quite the other thing, I mean, communication is a massive thing as well, isn't it? And keeping that open, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. And before we talk about that, just take a quick question from Andrea. She's going to put us on the spot. Why is it better to use an independent estate agent rather than a solicitor to sell my property? Now, that's because in Scotland, I don't know if it happens in England, so anybody in England could maybe tell me this, where solicitors actually sell property as well as independent estate agents. 
Um, my gut reaction to this is, you for me personally, you live and die by the property sales. Mm -hmm. You don't rely on any other income to come in. So mm -hmm. you're, you're only as good as your last sale. And, and an independent estate agent, to me, is probably the best way forward for that reason. Because there's also the crossover of the conflict of interest as well between a solicitor actually selling the property and then introducing a buyer of their client actually buying the property, you know, that sort of thing. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a conflict there with a solicitor doing the convincing and doing the sales part as well. Um, and, and, I, and it's because they can talk to each other. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a healthy relationship. Although solicitors in Scotland will disagree, but it's about a closed shop through the Law Society of Scotland, and they mm -hmm. control everything. It's pretty incestual in terms of how the system works up here in Scotland. Um, so what's your thoughts on that, Perry? I agree with all the points you've made on that, but the other element for me as well is that this is not just, estate agency part of it is not just their business. Mm. So again, they're not necessarily having all of the tools available to them to promote your house the best way that they can and reach the biggest audience that they that's can. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Eh? It's not their, their be-all and end-all. So if they no. don't sell a house, it doesn't matter. It kind of goes back to my thing about saying, you know, we live and die by the property sales because that's mm -hmm. our income uh, mm -hmm. primarily. And, and we'll make sure we, we do that. But mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. They're solicitors and that's their primary source of business. It's not mm -hmm. selling property. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's where they get there. And so while they're away doing something else, like, you know, marriage breakups, um, you know, uh, trusts and wills and um, everything else like that, um, it's not, it's the, are they really focusing on what they're needing to do to do the job to get it over the line? Are they really trained the negotiators as well? Uh, mm -hmm. Well, I could answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to that is probably not, because we even get more money out of the solicitors when they negotiate on behalf of their buyers, which the mm -hmm. buyers don't realise is happening. Then mm -hmm. trust them and think, oh, you're going to negotiate it for me. It's mm -hmm. like, they don't know, they don't realise what's happening. True. Do you now if they're watching this? <laughs> <laughs> but they still don't realise what's it. Most people don't realise, if you're a really, really skillful negotiator, and you know exactly what you're doing. Most people do not realise what what's happening. You know, they, they actually definitely think they definitely think they're paying the right price. And and a lot of people actually say out there to me, it's like I'll I'll, I'll come to you to sell my house definitely because I know you'll get the best price for it because mm. not everybody gets the same price by the way at the end for for estate agents. Uh, but I'll no come to you to 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 buy the house. <laughs> it's like no, you'll come to me to buy the house as well. <laughs> you'll just you'll just not realize that the price that you're paying is probably the price that you didn't want to pay in the first place but we've skillfully managed to get you to that point where you feel happy about it mm -hmm. that probably makes sense that's yeah. the reason why you use an independent estate agent uh, somebody actually knows what they're doing because they live and die and plus the fact that they live and work in the local community which is quite essential mm -hmm. as well they don't and they don't possibly they won't have call centers which is a real turnoff for a lot of people. So in other words, you know, um, an overflow call centres as well. Um, it's like, you know, at weekends, we'll just put it to someone else completely different. It's in a call centre in Moneypenny or somewhere like that. We've tried all that. And it's like, these systems do not work. They are not good customer engagement, as far as I'm concerned. They don't They don't promote. Because when you when somebody comes on the phone, and I've, I've, I've tried all these systems, 
and says, you know, what you know, I'm looking at Antrila, what's unique about Antrila? I'm looking at St Andrews, what's unique about St Andrews? The person at the other end of the phone in the call centre has no idea what to say. They don't know what it is. They don't understand what it's like to curl your toes in the sand in the beach. <laughs> you get that feeling, eh? Exactly. <laughs> when, that, when that water washes over your feet, when you hear the sights, when you see the sights and you hear the sounds, when you're walking in that in that beach, in that community, and in, mm. in, in the forest, you know, Silverburn's a classic example. Oh, it's one of my favorite places. Like today, when the trees are swishing about and you can hear the sounds coming right through and then you see the squirrels running right in front of you, mm. that is why somebody buys a house in a particular area mm. for that very reason. They don't buy it for the house. They mm. buy it for the lifestyle it gives them and what it's going to yeah. give them. If you're stuck in the city mm. in a, a, a two-by-two, you know, and you've got as a concrete jungle, when you see the price point of being out in Fife somewhere and what's available, because literally you can be in the middle of Fife, but be within 20 minutes of any beach mm -hmm. easily, just being sitting right smart bang in the middle of Fife, then it, it's literally God's country in comparison mm -hmm. to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. I don't think it, most people believe that because mm -hmm. they just hear the negative bits through the media and the news and they don't understand what is actually here. And that's why an independent estate agent that lives and works locally can convey that message at any time of day. But again, that comes down to another one as well. Most independent estate agents are motivated not to operate hours of nine to five, Monday to Friday. They tend to be, they tend to be what I call Ronnie Barker, which is open all hours. It's true. Yeah. As opposed to other ones tend to be Dolly Parton which is nine to five. <laughs> it's absolutely true. But I think the lifestyle point that you make is, is the key thing as well. And you're independent. We all do it in our team. Um, you know, we're living, we're working in our community. We're socialising in our community. We're going out and eating in our community, our entertainments in the community. So we're able to give that lifestyle story to somebody, aren't we? Yeah. It makes absolutely. a big difference. This is why communication is so important then. And, and it's like what you said, how, how do you keep that open? Well, staying in touch and keeping each other informed is a crucial part of this relationship between you and your estate agent. And you can help you can help them by letting your agent know about the reasons and the deadlines for moving so they can so they so they can find your buyer whose time scales match yours. Mm -hmm. It's the first thing I ask, why am I here? Tell them all about it. What do you want me to achieve for you? And I'll make it happen. Mm -hmm. And they go, how is that possible? Because we've done it all the time anyway. When, mm -hmm. Again, I come back saying you don't know what you don't know. And because we know that and we have the experience and expertise to do that, that's how that's what makes it work. Mm -hmm. So let your agent know about the reasons and, for your, and, and the deadlines for moving so they can find a buyer who matches your time scales and your circumstances. It's no, if you've not got anywhere else to go, it is no use putting your, it's no use not putting your house on the market right now because you're stuck exactly where you are in this point in time. It will never change for you. Mm -hmm. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll always get what you've always got. If you put your house on the market now with no firm plans of where you need to go next, that's okay. Because at some point in time, you'll get possibly somebody coming along and saying, 
I'm going to agree to every single thing that you're wanting. Mm -hmm. But you're never going to get that unless you put your house in the market. Yeah. You're stuck where you are. And God forbid you leave yourself in the position where you don't put your house in the market, you find your dream home, you make an offer, and they say it's conditional upon you selling your house in the next eight weeks. And then you put pressure in your stage and go, we need to get out the market as quick as possible. And they go, well, I can't do the drone footage now because the weather's horrendous. So mm -hmm. that's going to hold that up. I can't do the photographs because the weather's horrendous. We're now overcommitted with other jobs. So therefore, we can't get in the door quick enough. So you've lost almost two weeks trying to get your house in the market. You're down to six weeks now. Once mm -hmm. you get it on the market, who's to say you're not going to get the, you're going to get the response you expected? Mm -hmm. What happens if you don't get the response you expected? And we know that by experience, because that's what's happened to some of the other uh, the sellers that we've got. Yeah. They've, they've not followed that advice. Then they've left us in the position where it didn't happen. Now, because every we all tell each other when we're at the pub, when we're at, out nights out and all the rest of it, oh, you've got a beautiful house. It'll sell. No bother. How many times have you heard that? Oh, many, many times. How many times does it actually happen in reality? Not as often as they might think. Yeah, not as often. <laughs> You'd be amazed. And then the pressure it puts on the seller, on you as the seller, to actually get the offer, to get the dream home you want, is mm -hmm. immense. And mm -hmm. what happens if one person comes along and tries and lowballs it and offers below your home report value? And that's the number you need or above mm -hmm. in order to make it happen to get your next property. Mm -hmm. You're stuck. You are stuck. Your dream, your dream home is suddenly disappearing. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. See you later. Yeah. That's why it's important to put your house on the market if you are thinking about selling now and wanting to do something in the next 6 to 12 months. Mm -hmm. Do it now. Find the right buyer that will agree to everything. And then you've got peace of mind, relaxation, and a less stressful environment to work within. Plus the fact you don't put your estate under pressure either, do you? Mm-hmm. I've had that situation this week, Jim, um, with a client who was in that situation where they didn't want to go to market because they hadn't found anything, worried about being homeless, got a young family, concerned about how that would work out for them. We found them the buyer that can work to them. They've sold their house within a week. They've got yeah. an, an offer that is more than they anticipated. And the feedback that I had from them is, this is fantastic because now all I need to focus on is finding my next beautiful home. Absolutely. I know what, I know what number I'm working with. I'm not concerned about that. I don't need to keep my house tidy all the time. I can let my family still enjoy the home I'm in just now. Knowing everything's secure on that side, and all I need to focus on is getting that dream home. And that's exactly why it should be like that. But a lot mm -hmm. of people don't understand that, and they don't take the leap of faith. Um, I'm not really sure if it's maybe they don't have faith in the estate agent, and they just the, the impression is estate agents just want to sell houses as quick as possible to make money. I can't disagree with that statement. And the reason I can't is because most estate agents, as I said, are volume oriented. In other words, they need to keep feeding themselves with money every single day in order to keep paying the bills. What you need, and more than likely, is an estate agent who is not relying on volume all the time, which is more or less takes the approach of one size doesn't fit all, and there's a tailored approach to each different circumstances, and their business model isn't relying on you selling within a certain period of time in order them for, to continue making money to survive. Mm -hmm. I would agree now, with that. We all know volume agents, don't we? You know, and, and yeah. the biggest is probably the biggest the biggest is probably let's let's be honest, is Purple Bricks. Mm -hmm. And look look at their scenario right now. Uh, they're up for sale. And it's basically because they can't sustain the amount of money they need to bring in now 
in order to keep their model going. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the extreme example of of an, an estate agent, which is volume related, and it's just all about getting houses mm-hmm. through as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Purple Bricks made eight million just on people not selling their house last year. <laughs> that's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> made eight million because you people didn't sell their house and they still made eight million <laughs> in revenue. <laughs> oh dear. It's like how great a model is that? <laughs> it's all right, I'll no sell your house and I'll still make money. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about this. So letting your agent know the reasons and deadlines, uh, keeping them up to date if anything changes. If your home you're buying hits a delay and you need more time, you, mm-hmm. you need to communicate that to them. Agreeing on when and how your agent will update you on feedback uh, f- from viewings uh, to general progress and marketing review. This is what we just spoke about at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's managing a seller's expectations about how often do you want me to keep in touch mm-hmm. with you? You know, do you need to know? Now, personally, for me, I'm a bit of a, woohoo, I need to know every day and every single thing it moves. Um, so I tend to adopt that attitude for the sellers that I have personally, that I'm dealing with personally. I would keep in touch with them all the time. Um, straight after a viewing, I've done it, I would be on the phone to them, say, this is how the viewing went. I will follow up tomorrow if I didn't manage to get an offer out of them there and then. Um, and then if I, if, I, if I couldn't get a hold of the buyer the next day, then I would phone them at the end of the next day and say, look, you know, I tried to get a hold of the buyer. They've not come back to me yet, but I will follow them up again and I'll keep trying and I will come back to you and I'll come back to you tomorrow as well. So that's the sort of process I take in terms of how I adopt things. Because I think I maybe, maybe it's something to do with if I expect that, I think my seller would get that as well. Yeah, um, I so because my expectation tends to be um, not just here, but kind of up, up, a bit higher and up, up here, <laughs> way beyond Olympic Olympic athlete expectation. <laughs> but you'll know that anyway. <laughs> I do know that anyway. It's always aim for the stars and you'll hit the moon on the way down. <laughs> aim for, yeah, aim for the stars and you can catch the moon on the way down. You never know. Uh, but you never know, you might hit the stars. That's the key here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, speaking up about, about any concerns, whether it's your agent's photography marketing service, um, don't let anything fester. That's probably key as well. Uh, if you've yeah. got a concern, don't think you're, in, you're interfering or you're bothering your estate agent, whether it's even if it's at the weekend, even if it's at night, or even, you know, don't think about If you're going to go to your bed as a seller with something on your mind that's not going to sit comfortably with you and you're still, it's in your head, send them an email, okay? Um, or possibly, if they're okay with that, then just phone them or text them mm-hmm. and then just see if you can get an answer to them, just to get the answer and just get that out of your head because it just adds up to the stress, a seller's stress. So I, I definitely think that's advice I would be giving most sellers out there. Um, keep in touch with your estate agent. Remember, it's not, it's not a... Well, put it this way, being left in the dark is one of the biggest complaints we hear. From people about their estate agent it doesn't have to be like that really mm-hmm. so if you're feeling unloved by your current agent well we'd love to change your experience i suppose <laughs> yeah hey no doubt about that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm i'm on here to get people's business absolutely <laughs> give them the right advice and and you know if, if they're out there and they think i like what i hear yeah i'm going to change to them or i'm going to listen to them um, that's key. This is all yeah. about marketing. This is all about putting yourself out. This is all about letting people see what you do. 
But if you're if you're out there and you're outside the Fife area, then fair enough. You know, if you need some advice or some support, then by all means message me anyway on these on these posts, um, mm-hmm. and we'll give you we'll we'll tell you what you need to do. There's often there's there's often a time where I've actually looked at another listing outside of the area and I've said, okay, this is what you need to tell your agent to do that 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 and that and that, and that should change the that should change the activity you probably get on your online. Uh, and that'll probably get somebody to lift the phone and actually um, um, uh, inquire about your property because that's mm-hmm. that's all you, that's all you do at the beginning. It's not about selling your house online in the beginning, and it's not about selling your house online. It's actually to get somebody through the door. Mm-hmm. That's what that's about. Unless somebody says, "I'm just going to buy it because I've seen your video walkthrough, which is what's mm-hmm. happened before," mm-hmm. and I'll get, I'll get the keys when I when I sell, and then I'll see the property and for real for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why video walkthroughs and talk ups are so important. In terms of what we do, the talking pictures rather than silent movies, which is what most estate agents do. Yeah. You know, silent movies, I'll still say it. It's it's just basically the photographs moving with music behind it. It does nothing yeah. different. It does nothing different. It's set make the seller feel good about what they see in their property, uh, but they know their property, and the person who is the buyer has no idea what the property is. So looking at the silent movie video with music on it and the photographs are no different to them. Yeah, I agree. A lot of the feedback that I get, Jim, for that as well, I know it's kind of taking us off track a little bit, but the feedback I get is that by the time our video has been watched on the pre-portal, it's then been watched on the personal property tour when the property launches. They've had the home report, they've seen the pictures, they've had the description. And 85% into the property, all they're actually then doing on their viewing is saying, how does it feel and does my furniture fit? because they're there but talking about the communication part and keeping that open and you've given some really good tips about how to achieve that Jim one of the things we haven't talked about actually is what the style of communication is we work in a modern society now and everything is very different isn't it so you're saying about emailing well yeah maybe some people want to email some people want to phone we've got the situation now where people are like well actually I'm going to send you a message on messenger can we create a whatsapp group can I send you a text there's all different ways that people like to be communicated with now and it's important to understand that as well not how frequently but how as well yeah and it'd be interesting as well when you get on a stage and walks through the door and pitches to you do they actually give you their actual direct mobile number or do they actually just refer you straight back to the office every single time Um, and that is not the person you're going to be dealing with then that's another systematic process where I think the it's like, well, wait a minute, I bought into you, um, so why why am I not why am I not allowed access to you anymore? Mm-hmm. And 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 I know that because it's that's a corporate structure. That's like, oh no no, I'm just there to sign you up, and after that, mm-hmm. you, there's no need to communicate with me anymore. Everybody else mm-hmm. deals with it. It's like that's all very well, but I still might want to talk to you at some occasion. Well, you're not getting my mobile number. I've heard that before. That's that's you know. Why would you sign up with someone that says that? Um, you're not getting direct contact with me anymore. It's like, I'll sign you up, but you're not getting direct. But you've signed me up, and I've just signed up on the basis of the strength of your conviction. It's you've signed up to. I've not really signed up to the company. I've signed up to you. That's what a lot of people don't realize. It's like people like to do business with other people they trust and like and know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you've got the biggest brand in the world or the smallest brand in the world. People will list me because of you as an yeah. estate agent and, and, and your attitude um, to to how you will solve problems for them and, and what you will do for them and how how you will go the extra mile for them as well. That's important mm-hmm. in an estate agent. Are you prepared to are you prepared to drive that, you know, that one off viewing 
on a Saturday morning or a Saturday evening or Sunday uh, afternoon um, when you're meant to be out doing something else, are you prepared to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and most estate agents, no, actually, they'll say, I, I, finish, I finish at five o'clock on a Friday. It's like, what? <laughs> It's like, are you living in, are you living the Kenzian times? <laughs> Smart, isn't it? Yeah. We're all different, and that's what you need to explore. So what do we do about the viewings? What do we do about the viewings then? You know, because I, I touched on that the other night, didn't I? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do, uh, do, do we have to be flexible with viewings? In an ideal world, absolutely, you want to be flexible. Um, in an ideal world, you'd want to give people 24 hour notice, but sometimes that doesn't help, you know, and yeah. it doesn't happen. You know, you want to do it before every viewing, but again, can you give as much notice? Sometimes their buyer is out there and they're maybe only in the area for a certain amount of time. So yeah. you want to have notice enough so that the property can be tidied. Um, mm-hmm. However, real life doesn't always happen like that, as we know. Um, so it really helps if you as the seller prepared the property. So. Keep your home looking fresh is a big thing. Keep it clean um, and it, keep it as beautiful as what they've seen in the photographs, really. And that's the key yeah. thing. Um, trying to keep that intact every day is a challenge. So, again, it's about understanding beforehand when we're going to do viewings, what the access opportunities like, and all that should be agreed beforehand as well. So you've got to make the home available for viewings. If people can't get across the door, you're not going to sell it. Um, so you want to do it as often as possible and um, give us opportunity on various times to yep. suit people. So particularly if it's on the evenings or the weekends, um, but also during the day and weekdays, you know, a lot of people do flexible shifts. So they want to maybe only go on a Tuesday and that's the only day they can because they work at the weekend. So we can't be overly strict with that. So again, it's about working with your agent so you understand what access they've got to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Except that some viewings may be spontaneous. You have to, because that's just the nature of it, as we said earlier. Um, if your agent is out with a buyer and another property that they've seen um, becomes clear that your home maybe is the one that's perfect for them, and you might then say, well, actually, I'll just give them a phone, see yeah. if we can go around the corner of the now and just see if we can take you. Now, just bear in mind, that doesn't happen too often, does it? However, no. I, I think I think spontaneous is, is when somebody's actually flying back to England, to mm-hmm. London, and they then phone up and say, I saw your listing. This this is actually, this is real life. This happens all the time, more or less with us, because there is because that's a market we hit all the time, uh, the London market. Um, so when they're, they're, they're up here, it's like, I'm look, I'm, I'm flying back to London later on this afternoon. Um, I did notice your, your, uh, your listing. Well, you didn't notice it. We actually retargeted you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you didn't have a choice but notice it because we actually made sure we retargeted you through social media and it came up on your phone whether you liked it or not because we knew by your data points that you were looking to buy as in this area that's why you're retargeted uh, well proper social media strategy um that's why you've seen it um so that's why you're probably phoning us right now so i tell you what uh, i'm outside the door now <laughs> Because <laughs> that's <laughs> and and the only reason I say that is because it's, I usually say it most people by the time I get an inquiry like that it's almost like I'm I'm round at the front door ready to let you in mm-hmm. <laughs> because I know because I know your timeline and the, the plane company the airplane company is not going to Ryanair is not going to say we're going to wait on this guy boarding the plane because he's away <laughs> to do a viewing with Jim Parker and East Newt or and in St Andrews. Um, so, so I know that's critical for them. So I'm more or less in my car and on my way to this viewing um, because I, I've got the keys and I know I know it's uh, I know the the owners are out just now or or it's maybe an empty property. 
So it's mm -hmm. easy for me to, do, or or you, or anybody else in the office to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, that's what I mean by a first class or a world class service. It's being able to react and and be proactive in what you're doing and accommodate for somebody like that. It has no other time because mm -hmm. these are the people out there that are cash rich but they're time poor. And that yeah. is probably your most preferential buyer because if they're coming from London with an average price point of four hundred and no, aye, four hundred and fifty thousand is it? Yeah, four hundred and fifty thousand is the average London price, and yet Fife is one hundred and sixty-eight thousand for the average mm -hmm. price. Then they're clearly, obviously, going to what they're looking at in Fife now is clearly a fantastic proposition. What's on offer compared to the price that they would pay in London? So it, almost to them, it's like, oh, I can afford that. I'll just like, I'll go into my checking account and I'll pay you now. Mm -hmm. That's effectively what it is. So there's a golden opportunity to get an, a better end result in terms of the sales price for the seller, which gives them a hell of a lot more options and what to do mm -hmm. next. That's the that's the key here. You know, I'll, sellers out there, and I'll, I'll be honest, they, they've got in their mind about the price that they want and often the price that they want, they try and get me to pin my colours to the mast about, you know, do you think we can actually achieve that? And I go, no, okay, I think my campaign, for example, do you think we could achieve 270,000? Now, if I'm at a home report of 260,000, my my campaign is put together on the premise that I'm trying to get 300,000 out for somebody. Now, whether that's going to happen or not, I don't know. But everything I'm doing and the words that I'm saying and the messages that I'm delivering in my videos, in my content, in my descriptions and my marketing strategy is all engineered to try and hit for the stars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I tell you what, I'll catch the moon on the way down. It's true. That's what's key in terms of how you're doing it. And that's why you have to be really flexible in terms of what you're doing. Incidentally, there is a post on here on this on this link. There is a link to a show we did previously about setting the scene on how to be ready for viewings every single day reviewing mm -hmm. ready within two hours easily so there's another show and another podcast on this link on this post in the descriptions mm -hmm. to be able to listen to that or engage with mm -hmm. that as well to what you're doing anyway let's move on perry what else have we got when you were talking about there about the london example for instance jim i think that is really important as well because those people not only do they have the cash they're looking to make quick decisions so while they're here they will maximize the houses that they can look at and if you say yeah. no They'll make a decision somewhere else so that's one thing um the other thing as well is and we do get this sometimes and it's a difficult conversation for your agent to have is that if the agent is doing the viewings and you're the homeowner please go out if you can that's important because oh, the hoverers the Jesus. hoverers yeah it's like, but i need to be there answer a question get lost go somewhere else because <laughs> i'm trying to engineer navigate this buyer down to make me an offer by the end by the time i get to the end of this the end of this viewing and and the interference from the seller at that point in time has actually put me back to square one every single time where i have to start again and almost kick start this buyer again in their in their their thought process in order Completely. to get them to the end of the viewing and actually get an offer out of them or some shape of some shape or form mm -hmm. and with a with a seller hovering over to say that i could answer these questions they don't care about your questions mm -hmm. If the heating works, if the you know, there's there's an there's a taking for granted that all these things work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. We're no bothered about the, the the floorboard squeaky 
all we're doing is does it match what they've just said in the video in the description yeah. correct what am i buying this for is mm -hmm. it it's the lifestyle that's going to afford me and my mm -hmm. family that's what they care about you yeah, can't sell true. that as a seller unless you're very skilled at selling it's not just that though jim as well though the buyer or potential buyer they want to experience the house for themselves they can't do that if the current owner is there there is a there is a thing and they can't speak freely either because no. in case the owner oh but I'm, the owner says i'm oh but i'm in a different room completely you can just call me when you need me but it's just no the same they know they're there so they're afraid mm. that they might say something out of turn and they might mm. offend the person it's okay. it's very difficult it's you know it's like you know when you criticize oh, i'm not going to see it <laughs> No, I'm I'm very I'm very brutal with my comments sometimes and you don't want to hear this one. Um, no, but we'll it, move forward. But but I tell you what, it's like you know, when when a when a buyer comes in and criticizes a seller's house, it's like a dog coming and taking doing the toilet on the carpet. I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> you do. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And to a seller, that's very aggravating. And even if that buyer then comes back and says, I'm going to pay you an astronomical amount, the seller will go, like, no, on, your on your bike, mm -hmm. on your bike, I'm not taking it. I can't yeah. stand that person. Mm -hmm. I don't want them living in my home. We have once in a blue moon, I'm not having that person living in my home. It's like, but you're, and, and you're like, wait a minute, but, but you're selling it and they're going to give you the price, if not more than what you want. What's the problem here? They've fallen out with them. Mm -hmm. That's why it's Mad. important possibly not to do that. Plus the fact that the flexible viewings, and you spoke about this and touched on this, it's like I, I personally don't don't endorse viewing people employing a viewing person because it could be a student it has no idea about the area and no idea about the house, um, it has no knowledge in negotiation or anything like that. So you're literally just having somebody open a door and let people in. And when they start to ask primary questions about what's important to them in order to get that buyer and handle their objections, uh, to get the right result that you want at the end of this conversation, uh, that person can't do that. Mm -hmm. It's true. Because they're not skilled in, in negotiating. They're not skilled mm -hmm. in actually handling these objections. So it's therefore, what ideally what they say at the weekend, here's what happens at the weekend. They say, you'll need to phone the office on Monday. Now, you know what happens out of that? Your buyer has gone off the boil by the time they get to Monday. Yeah. They've seen another house. They've forgotten about your house already. Yeah. You've, you've done all that work in the preparation the marketing the key bit now is the person coming in the house to get them through the door and then you've just put the buyer off and they've taken them off the boil by the time you get to maximize that key it. moment it's now because you know yourself it's like i i went to look at aston martin's one time so i went to the aston martin garage and i looked and test drove the aston martin i think it was the db11 or something like that um, and I wasn't that excited about it, to be honest. It was probably that built up from James Bond and all the rest of it, Aston Martins and everything like that, and the media coverage it had been over the years about how good Aston Martins were and how they'd make you feel. But I got to the end of it and I thought, I'm not buying this. You know, I, I don't think it's for me. And the, the salesman says to me, so, sir, are we ready to proceed with our purchase? And I went, let me think about it. And what was quite revealing what came next, and this is about buyers going off the boil, he says... If you have to think about it, you'll not be buying this car. I went, and I looked surprised that he told me that because it was quite honest and upfront from a car salesman, effectively. And, he, and I, I said, so what's behind that? And he went, well, this is an impulse buy. 120,000 impulse buy. <laughs> it's an impulse buy. Well, 
this is an impulse buy, sir. Uh, you'll buy it for the feeling, and by the time you get to tomorrow, you're off the boil. Mm -hmm. The feeling's gone. You now realise you don't need it or you don't want it. Whereas if you if you make a commitment there and then to buy it, then you're excited. Mm -hmm. You're not off the boil anymore. You're still on the boil. Mm -hmm. And that's the key here. So that's the key about the estate agent and the people that are knowledgeable taking the viewers around the property in order to in order to allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. So you'll find a lot of useful tips on how you can do this. Yeah. Um, I, I, around keeping your home ready for viewings every day in the previous and you know in the previous blogs, like I said there. The final subject for me, Perry, is acting on feedback. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on acting on feedback? I think it can go one or two ways, isn't it? But only when people come to see your home will you know what captures their hearts. Um, what needs tweaking? Because they'll get that feedback to you. And it makes regular and constructive feedback a positive, priceless tool yeah. in getting your house sold. And I think that is key, getting that feedback, because that is directing you on what you need to do next, whether that's good, bad or indifferent. Somebody said on TikTok, how much? And I went, well, how much would you want to pay? <laughs> <laughs> There's a skillful negotiation straight away. Yeah. Budget first and then then tailor a product to their budget. Exactly. Um, but I think the key thing here, though, is your first four weeks on the market are usually your busiest, aren't they? Stop yeah. looking at TikTok. You're getting distracted. <laughs> but your first four weeks are your busiest times in the market, and it should be because that's when people are seeing it for the first time, yeah. of course. So make the most of that time window. Listen to the comments from your viewers. Listen to the comments. Yeah, but you've got to listen to your agent as well. Um, remember, yes, you know your home the best way, but the key thing here is that you don't want it to be your home moving forward. You've got yeah. to do all the things to get it sold. Absolutely. Yes, I got an issue. Yeah, I mean, the, the key here as well is don't take anything personally. Be, be getting an honest and straightforward report and your, about your viewers and, and, and saying about your home is incredibly valuable. Uh, we often say it as well, you know, when, when, and it's the classic example in customer service. Here's, here's what the, the example of this is it's when someone complains about your product, but you know damn fine that there's nothing wrong with your product. So then you still have to get to the bottom about the fact that why would they complain then if that's the case? There would be no reason for them to complain. So there must be something behind what they're saying if that's the case. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with viewer feedback. Even though you don't agree with them, you don't need to agree with them as a seller and the viewer mm -hmm. feedback. You need to take it on board though and adapt it in case it happens again. Yeah. So if somebody says... For example, I walked in the front door and the vestibule was stinking of old, stinky boots. That's not a great first impression. Get rid of it. But but some sellers would say, but that's where the boots are meant to go and the coats are meant to go. Yeah, but that's putting people off when they walk in the door. Mm -hmm. You know, imagine that on the front of a shop. You know, that smell coming out. Would you go into the shop? No. Absolutely no. not. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> You know, so that's probably key. And so mm -hmm. you, you should take on feedback for that reason. So don't feel offended about it. Just take it on board. Mm -hmm. I think it However, needs to be. It takes a skillful estate agent to deliver that in a more harmonious way mm -hmm. rather than saying your house stinks. Yeah. 
I think the key is as well is you do have to have honesty, but sometimes you do need to kind of sugarcoat how you present that. But I think the key thing as well is that if a regular theme is emerging, um, and that's preventing anybody from moving forward, making offers and progressing to next steps. Yeah. You've got to take action to remove whatever that obstacle is for future viewings. It is mm. going to become a problem because actually it's like you constantly say as well, Jim, if you put the same in, you get the same out. So yeah. you've got, sometimes you need to change it up a bit, you know, and again, if you've got an honest agent who is going to work well with you, actually they will have noticed that anyway. So they should have told you that at the outset. Yeah. So that if problem you, doesn't emerge at the end. The phrase is, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, don't expect a different result because it will mm -hmm. still be the same every single time. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to come to the questions on TikTok in a minute because we're near mm -hmm. enough at the end anyway because there's a lot of questions coming through in TikTok, so I will answer them. So just hang on, guys. Um, and and we've covered some of the questions on the Facebook channels, the YouTube channels as well, and Instagram uh, overall. Um, you're absolutely right. The one that comes up every single time, which is, which is cast iron in older houses, is there's evidence of wood borer infestation every single time it comes up mm -hmm. evidence of wood borer infestation in other words woodworm um and it usually typically says it's not active but please ensure that there's warranties in place or it's been you know to say it's been sprayed or treated at some point in time and there's still a guarantee in place um that's our injection it comes up a lot when people mm -hmm. initially see the home report they get a fright because they don't expect mm -hmm. that that's just a catchy old get out of jail for the home report, for the valuer, for the um, chartered surveyor when they go around to value your house. It's so it doesn't come back to them and, and they say, you know, you didn't tell me there was there was wood borer, there was wood worm. It's like, well, it wasn't wood worm. It's just the fact that it's inactive. The holes don't disappear in the joists. The other one is damp, you know, high damp readings in some of the rooms. Sometimes it's just lack of ventilation and it's mm -hmm. congealed in the wall and it just means lack of ventilation. So that could be easily resolved as well. But these are the things that handle objections. And this is why it's uh, skillful to be able to remove these obstacles for the future. And that's exactly what you said there, Perry. So mm -hmm. a skilled estate agent will be able to help you through that process. And even in, on a perpetual basis, which is continual basis, is when they go around to do the viewings um, at the same time and identifying some things that might come up that you might not be aware of mm -hmm. and just rectifying it. So it's yeah. all, it's, you know, this is why it's so important to keep an eye on everything. Mm -hmm. Completely. I think it's worth remembering as well that fresh eyes do see things differently. So expect people to say unexpected things when you're showing them your home as well. We often get that. Um, and sometimes a story will unfold that we don't anticipate. Um, but your strategy can be adapted to turn those viewings into a sale. Into a sale, yeah, absolutely. As long as you follow the, the things that we've shared. Yeah. Uh, it's quite interesting you says a, a fresh set of eyes will see things differently. I, I often get this where, yeah, and, and it's been this week actually, where I've been up to a number of properties and the, immediately everybody starts telling me about everything that's wrong with their house. And yet the house is beautiful when I walk in the door. And I'm like, what? Your house is absolutely gorgeous. It's mm -hmm. like, I, I can't, in St Andrews and East Nuke, it's like your house is gorgeous. Why would you be announcing to me and telling me about everything? Yes, you would be telling me because I'm the stage and, but then, then I come to the, you know, the, the the bit about the viewings, and they say, and I say, look, you know, would you? I, I give people the choice, but ideally, I'm wanting them <laughs> for us to do the viewings because because the conversation I've just had when they've taken me around the house is like, oh my god, you should not be doing the viewings, yeah, because you're telling me everything that's wrong with your house. You never tell me anything is good about your house at all, and most people will agree with you after that conversation and say you're probably right. 
I think the sellers also looking at it with different eyes though, because they're living in it, Jim. So they're seeing yeah. it every day. The beauty is I get to see it for the first time as a buyer does. Yeah. And that's how I assess things. So I, you know, my initial response to that is like, I, you're t you've taken me around the house. It is absolutely gorgeous. There's so many great things about the, you know, the picture windows that go out to the back garden when the sun comes mm -hmm. out and the sunlight hits the grass and the trees mm -hmm. and the plants and the flowers. You, you just can't buy that feeling. Mm -hmm. Well, you can buy it. It's called buying a house. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? You can't buy you that feeling. It's within you. Mm -hmm. But that evokes that out of the whole thing. That view from you get from your top window when you stand in the bedroom and you see over the rooftops towards um, the, the St. Andrew's uh, Centre, the, the, the cathedral and everything like that as well, is an amazing view. Mm -hmm. They never thought to tell me about that, but as, as, as a prospective buyer, how I walk around in the first place, that's what I would love to see. This is what I'd mm -hmm. love for people to point out. I don't want to know if you've got a squeaky floorboard or you have your your heating rattles now and again. It's like, that's the things I don't want to know about. I just want to know, is this a place? Because everything else can be sorted. Mm -hmm. All these are wee minor things that can be sorted. So don't yeah. I don't need to be know about these. Just tell mm -hmm. me why I should be buying this. What lifestyle am I going to enjoy for me and my family? That's why it's important. So that's why I go around with a fresh set of eyes. And I say, this is all the things. You don't need to do anything to your house at all. After saying, I've got to paint that room, I've got to do this room, I've got to, I've got to sort that worktop, I've got to do this, I've got to... There's nothing to be done. I could literally walk outside and do a video right now of this house, mm -hmm. and I could probably have people wanting to go through the door the following day. Exactly. And that's the key out of having a really good estate agent and communicating effectively back and forward with them. But it, but it goes both ways. You have mm -hmm. to have a really good estate agent, plus you have to have a, an understanding seller who will take feedback and will understand yeah. the... It's it's a mutual beneficial relationship in order to get you the best for your house and the best circumstances to move on. What's the next steps people should take, Perry? So for me, I think if you're thinking of selling your home, um, be prepared, be organised, be structured. If you're needing some help, reach out to us. You know, we'd love to be part of your moving team. Um, if you're needing advice, guidance, more than happy to help. Perfect, perfect. And and for me personally, you've you've said it all. There's, there's, it's essential um, just to finalise for me before we go back and take a couple of questions and comments from TikTok um, and other platforms. Is is you make sure you ask all your questions. Take your stage and round. See when you first take them round for the valuation. Um, notice all the questions they're asking. Questions are really good. They're not to put anybody off. Um, they're 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 to your estate agent is more or less trying to understand what you're trying to achieve it's a relationship it's not a competition mm -hmm. and, and why i say that a competition i often ask people what's your expectations and valuation arms folded well that's for you to tell me that's why you're here <laughs> this is not the price is right this has not come on down this is like what's your expectations i'm asking you that question because i'm trying to see can I meet these expectations? Mm. And if I can meet these expectations, how am I going to meet them? How am I going to deliver this? That's why I asked that question. Mm. So it's essential to make sure you trust your agent from the, the time at the walk in the door. If you've not got that attitude towards your agent from the time at the walk in the door, you shouldn't have invited them around in the first place. Mm -hmm. You get an agent that you know and you trust already and you understand them, that's the person that you should be dealing with. 
not the people that are, oh, they just look like they've got a lot of boards in the area, so maybe they should be them. Look for endorsements from other people. Look for word of mouth. That's, I mean, the biggest form of marketing is somebody that's used them all. That's how I do everything. I will not endorse something else until I've used it myself. Because I know it works, or I know it's a system that somebody can benefit from. That's mm -hmm. the only reason I would endorse it. You know, we've had an insurer, which has been a landlord insurer for years, as a, and as a lettings division, it's because I insure with that person that we were endorsing them. As soon as I switched to another insurer, because I switched because the rates were better and the service was better, I started endorsing the next one because mm -hmm. I realized that that's what I want to endorse next. And I went back to all the other customers and said, this is the one you should be using now because you'll get better rates because I've used them and I know what it's like. And I know when it comes to a claim, because I've got a claim for me right now, almost within two weeks of going on board with them, I've got a claim for a house that was being, bro being broken in and ransacked and they're happy to pay out the whole lot. 15, 20,000 pound. Loss of rent as well. Brilliant. You could, you kind of buy that type of endorsement. Mm -hmm. That's why it's essential. Anyway, let's go and get a couple of questions quickly. I, I want to move for, to Fife. I'm not surprised. Welcome <laughs> to God's country. I'll see the people on TikTok. You just do it. Maybe I shouldn't tell everybody about Fife. <laughs> just keep it to ourselves. Uh, do you have any four bedrooms properly allow pets? Uh, check out the yes, properties do allow pets for letting. Check out our website, uh, .co Um Another couple here, somebody asked me about, uh, and it doesn't devalue a house if you don't have the paperwork. Um, I think somebody was, do you need drawings for a Velux window when selling? Um, uh, not if you, not if you, if if you need planning permission because it's on the exterior of your house and you're in possibly in a conservation area, or you need a, you need you need to do a building warrant because of that, um, then yes, you have to have all that paperwork in place. Um, I would say, um, but check with your local authority or check with your solicitor because they know all the legislation and the requirements for your unique area because one size doesn't fit all in the whole. Because Scotland's got a different piece of legislation than England in terms of what they're doing. So I'm not really sure where you are and in, in, in what market you're in. Uh, you could be in America for all I know as well. Um, it could be a completely different thing. Uh, do you sell as well? Yes, we do. Yep. And, and our commission, well, let's let's uh, deal with the elephant in the room. The commission is based on what I think I feel I need to do the job. And that really needs me to come and see your house. It's amazing how many people say, uh, what's your commission on the phone? And I'm like, I've not seen your house yet. I don't know what I need to do. Ah, but you should be able to tell me what your commission is. Well, okay. That doesn't make sense. That's like saying to somebody about, you know, what, how much is your Audi 4 selling for? Um, well, our Audi 4 starts at maybe 25,000, but there's different models and different ways <laughs> and different accessories that you want to put on it. So that would be a different price point. But and you, you need to tell me first. What is it you want to buy? So I know what the price point is you're going to be you're going to be paying, um, and that's kind of how estate. Well, that's kind of how I do estate agency. It's like if I get round and say, well, you know, this is probably one of the most idyllic places in the whole of life, and there's key areas all about you which actually can't be spoken about. Well, it can be spoken about in a video. So I need video. I need to do a video and talk about it in the video. Um, also, possibly. For houses that are about 500,000, 700,000 are in key areas, um, I probably need a, I need, I need drone footage 
Now, I might be able to do aerial photographs because I've got a drone, and I could do drone footage, but I tell you what, the boy that we get to do drone footage mm. does drone footage for the television companies as well. So they're a master at it. And plus the fact it's digitally enhanced. In other words, all the key areas, like it pops up and says Edinburgh Airport, 44 miles. St Andrews, 10 miles. And it actually shows you. And then it shows you where the house is. Digital markers. There's so many agents out there doing drone fo- drone footage now with no g- digital markers on it at all. So when a buyer sees the that drone footage, they're, they're thinking to themselves, great. I love Where's the drone the footage. <laughs> For one, where the hell is the house in that drone footage? And the next one is, what is everything round about me? In that, mm-hmm. in that drone footage, where is everything? It doesn't tell me anything. It just looks mm-hmm. like a nice drone footage with a bit of music. That's why, and that's why not one size fits all. Yes, it can be 1%. Yes, it can be 2%. Yes, it can be in between somewhere. Yes, it can be a fixed fee depending on what the what, what we want to achieve and what we've discussed. So it's not easy just to say that what's your commission. It's it's not an easy answer to say that. Um, quickly, I think I think that's more or less all the comments that I would say. There's a lot of people on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm almost into the hundreds here in terms of the numbers that are coming in. Um, just quickly. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. Dumfermliner has actually asked, how do you advertise uh, as an estate agent to be more attractive to consumers against your competition? Okay. Uh, I could be really <laughs> big-headed here and say, I don't recognize that I've got competition. Uh, I just offer my proposition and I compete against myself and our services every day to improve them. So that's probably answering that question. For some people, that'll go, oh, I didn't like him. <laughs> it's like, I'm no, I'm no, he- and for some people, go, God, that boy's brilliant. And it's like, I don't, I don't need to appeal to everybody. Um, if you, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Um, and I, I'd stand for, you know, high-level bespoke service and uh, world-class. Uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm about. All about. Um, how do advertising the stage to be more attractive to consumers? Well, um, as an estate agent, um, I'm not. I'm, yeah, okay. You can call me an estate agent. I think I solve people's problems, um, but that takes years and years of experience and expertise in other fields in order to gain that knowledge. Uh, and that expertise in order to solve some of these problems or how they get from A to B. This is why we started out at the beginning, Perry, and said, you know, do you just sell houses? Well, yeah. okay, well, okay, we sell houses. But the main point is, how do we get you from A to B in the most seamless fashion possible and the most stress-free possible and actually achieve what you want to achieve, whether it's a, a longer entry date, whether it's the better, a better price point, whether it's a combination of both, um, whether it's um, whether it's... You want to be able to move your kids from one area to the other um, in the county and in terms mm-hmm. of fighting itself. And you want to, you, you need to get in touch with the right contractors to help you get the kitchen maybe fitted because you've decided that you want to change the kitchen, but you can't get anybody to do that. Um, whether you need um, the, the dump proofing specialist to do works on your house because the home report's just been done and it's highlighted the fact that you've got damp and you've now discussed it with your estate agent and they say that yeah, it probably would add a lot more value if you have the damp sorted out uh, in the beginning. Sometimes damp doesn't matter. It's a couple of hundred quid, and it's like mm-hmm. neither here nor there. Don't bother about it because it'll disrupt all the all the other things, and you'll have to get redecorated and everything, which will cost more. 
uh, and we'll just cross that bridge when we come to it with the the new owners will 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 allow for for doing that for them um and then they can decorate and that saves you a lot of money um or sometimes damp so bad that we have to put you in touch with the right people that we know already in order to get that to happen so I don't think necessarily it's how we advertise. It's advertising is just right move, prime location, Zoopla. It's more marketing. It's mm -hmm. how to market. How do we how do we get people to want to come and live in a property, to want to inquire, to view a property, and that's digital. That's digital marketing, social media. Um, you most people are probably watching on their phones right now. If you don't have mobile strategy, or you don't have an agent that understands how mobile strategy is, and I mean. The format that we broadcast and most of the time is vertical. It is not horizontal because most people do not want to turn their phones that way. So when we do marketing, it's for it's for Instagram, it's for TikTok, it's for Facebook, it's for it's for all these, it's for LinkedIn, it's for YouTube. And most people have started to see everything in, in vertical format. Even Samsung has actually developed televisions in vertical um, watching, um, and and the premise that the new generation of people will just start to watch and and portrait rather than landscape in terms mm -hmm. of what they're doing. So advertising is an stage and to be more attractive consumers. I hope what we've done here, people would probably see a strong differential in terms of where we are to where everybody else is. And would would they'd, they'd see that difference in what we are doing and how we're doing it. Um that's probably the answer to that question. And that's us. Mm -hmm. A bit longer than yeah. expected, Perry, but I think it's essential to cover all these subjects. No, I agree completely. And, uh, it's all about and, the journey. And thanks very much for coming on. Okay, bye-bye. Have, have a great day. Bye, bye for Have now. a great day.